welcome to the Evidence-Informed Teaching Podcast. Are you a teacher wanting to improve your classroom practice and deliver excellent teaching through access to research? Do you have a passion for teaching and are looking to connect with other like-minded colleagues through professional discussions? The Charter College has partnered with TeacherTap to support teachers to deliver excellent teaching through access to research and we invite you to be part of this community. On this podcast you will hear from fellow teachers, research experts and you have the opportunity to be part of this professional discussion. You can find out more about the Charter College of Teaching and TeacherTap in the show notes and if you find this episode helpful why not share it with a teacher friend take a screenshot and post it on your social media or even better leave us a five-star written review hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of evidence-informed teaching the podcast by the chartered college of teaching and teacher tap my name is lisa maria muller and i'm head of research at the chartered college of teaching In a past episode, I've told you a little bit about the research department at the Chartered College, what brought me here, and what our plans are for the future. So I'm delighted to be joined today by my colleague, Dr. Vic Cook, Education and Research Project Specialist, to talk a bit more about our research team, how we think it fits into the wider education ecosystem, and the research project we've recently completed. But let's start with you, Vic. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your teaching and research experience, and what brought you to the Chartered College? Thank you, Lisa Maria. So I am originally a geography teacher. I taught 11 to 18 at a variety of different independent and state schools uh, in England. And I completed my PhD in children's experiences of embodied fieldwork. So that kind of learning outside the classroom aspect has always been of interest to me uh, as a geographer. Um, and I, in between having children, I've been sort of back and forth into the classroom teaching. And then about six years ago, I stepped out of the classroom and got a role at the Faculty of Education at the University of Cambridge as a postdoctoral research associate where I began working on one project that was a dialogue-focused project looking at technology-mediated dialogue and the role of um, a microblogging system called TalkWall and how that impacts on the sharing of ideas and collaborative co-construction of ideas in, in the classroom. And that led to another project that was uh, an international research project funded by Horizon 2020 that was looking at the concept of uh, cultural literacy as a dialogic social practice and thinking about dialogue as a much more open, expansive, exploratory type of dialogue that facilitates intercultural communication and understanding. And at the end of those two projects, I worked briefly for Voice 21, looking again, focusing with the dialogue uh, focus and thinking about oracy, professional development in the classroom. And then I came to the college, which was very much for me, the marrying of the research and the teaching. So being able to work in the research department is really what motivates my understanding of what educational research should be for. It's about impacting on practice, but intersecting crucially with professional expertise and contextual understanding. 
Absolutely. That really makes me think of um, the Venn diagram that our colleague Kat Scutt um, has introduced at some point, and it's, for example, um, also cited in an impact issue, impact issue 10, um, I believe, in an article there, and which very much talks about the fact that evidence-informed uh, teaching needs to be a combination of academic research on the one hand and um, context-specific application and implementation on the other, and also teacher expertise, so really combining um, those three. And that element of teacher expertise, I feel, is something um, that we at the research departments try to grow and showcase, and um, it feels to me that um, there aren't many other organizations out there that look specifically at teacher expertise. It's something that we understand is hugely important because, of course, it's down to the individual teacher to implement um, academic findings, research findings in that context, and down to individual teachers to trial new approaches, um, to con conduct their own action research projects, for example. Um, but we very often consider it at the individual level, whereas um, I think that at the college, um, and something we, the two of us obviously have talked about a lot, is that with our work at the college, we want to um, share the collective teacher expertise to so really showcasing what teachers know um, and the thinking that goes into implementing research findings in their context, the questions they're asking themselves um, as well. And obviously, you mentioned um, your research around dialogue, and that comes in here as well, doesn't it? Um, this idea of a dialogue between um, academics on the one hand, teachers on the other, and how we can um, improve that dialogue and make sure that it's two-way communication rather than just one way um, from academics uh, to, to teachers. Totally agree. Actually, that concept of professional learning dialogue is something that really interests me. And I think, you know, moving forward on the horizon, perhaps something that we could do more of at the college in, in terms of thinking about how to, to help facilitate that and develop that sort of relationship that, as you said, is two-way rather than being top-down. And that's very much what we try to do also in our most recent research project, isn't it? In a cognitive science research priority setting activity where um, we wanted to capture teachers' expertise and the questions they ask themselves when they implement research findings in the classroom. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, research priority setting is frequently used in healthcare. And although different methods may be used for generating research priorities, Fundamentally, research priority setting aims to establish consensus among knowledge users and researchers in order to shape the research agenda. So we established a research priority setting partnership to give teachers a voice in determining research priorities relating specifically to the use and perceived effectiveness of cognitive science research across specific subjects, phases, students and, and different learning contexts. So to date, the use of priority setting partnerships in educational research has been minimal. So it really was quite a novel approach. Um, Lisa Marie, would you like to explain the process that we followed? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what we did is we um, we thought to ourselves, well, what's the piece of research um, that is now um, quite popular um, in education that teachers are engaging with a lot? So, for example, we know that one of the most read articles from our impact articles is, is, is all about cognitive load theory, just month after month after month. It's the most read article. So we thought clearly there is that interest in applying findings from the cognitive sciences in the classroom. But at the same time, we know 
know from um, Perry and colleagues um, and a report that was published um, by the EEF, that whilst we know a lot about um, theoretical cognitive sciences, we know relatively little about its application in the classroom. And that's, of course, due to the fact that classrooms are highly complex and, um, you know, experimental designs, as we know, require quite controlled um, study groups and control groups. Um, and so we wanted to find out more from teachers about, the, as you said, about um, the questions they ask themselves when they apply findings from the cognitive sciences in their settings. So, for example, um, should I be using retrieval pra practice at the start of every lesson? Um, what problems can I mix during interleaving? Um, does cognitive load theory apply to my um, pupils in the early years or to students with special educational needs? What do I need to consider there? So what we did is we set up um, a steering committee, as is common um, with these research priority setting um, activities, uh, made up of uh, members of our research ethics panel um, at the Chartered College. And they're a mix of um, academics and teachers in order to ensure that our methodology was both um, rigorous, but also um, that the questions we were asking were relevant to classroom practitioners. And we set up a survey um, where we use the categories used by Perry and colleagues um, of different cognitive science strategies. We provided brief um, definitions in order to make sure that everyone was on the same page. Um, and then we ask teachers about their use of these different strategies. So are they using it? Uh, are they using any of those at the moment? Um, if they are, how effective they perceive them to be. Um, and also if um, they've got any questions uh, whilst implementing any of these strategies in their classrooms. And we gave them the opportunity to provide us with three questions, um, up to three questions. Um, and then uh, we, uh, so the, the survey was open for about a month and we collected over 400 questions, which is really good. Really happy with that result and thanks to everyone who, who contributed um, to, to this piece of work. And then um, we, um, we developed a coding framework um, that looked at, after having read through the questions, we developed a coding framework and which helped helped us to categorize um, the questions into um, different categories relating to implementation overall. But interestingly, we also had questions that related more to students um, and their motivation, for example, how cognitive science strategies interact with student motivation, but also relating to teacher development and teacher attitudes. So for example, um, how one can change negative attitudes about cognitive sciences potentially, um, how one can ensure that um, colleagues consider these, um, these different uh, cognitive science strategies to be relevant um, to their context. And um, lots of questions about um, implementing cognitive science across different phases. So that's quite interesting that we um, that we had lots of questions about relevance of findings in the early years, primary, um, so ages that we know um, at, at which we know that less uh, research was conducted, but also questions about interactions of different strategies. Um, so how you combine them when you plan your curriculum, when you develop your schemes of work, 
what the right gaps are between different strategies. Um, so lots and lots of questions. I'm not going to talk too much um, in detail about them because, um, as you can expect, we haven't uh, we haven't published them yet, but we will publish them soon. The 15 research priorities that resulted um, from this activity, and the aim of this um, of these questions is to really guide. Um, researchers in um, in their research, because of course, academic researchers um, also want um, to make a difference in the classroom. And they can use these questions now to guide um, their research um, towards questions that are likely to have an impact in the classroom, because we know that these questions are, are being asked by teachers and are, are representing some issues in the classrooms. So we will be sharing that soon. Um, so do keep an eye out um, for an announcement in, in the next um, in the next newsletter uh, or in an upcoming newsletter um, where we will share the 15 research priorities and tell you a little bit more about the research priority setting activity. Um, I think that sounds like, you know, a really important piece of work in terms of really valuing teacher voice and ensuring that future research, the future research agenda is, is answering the questions that, that teachers have. Absolutely. And it was great working with you on this, Vic. Um, and I look forward to many more shared research projects on all sorts of topics. I think this was just a starting point. Um, I'm sure we will be doing other research priorities, setting activities. Um, there are so many topics we could explore. And as you say, it's so important to highlight the te teacher voice and teacher expertise um, in this setting. Um, and your contributions to all of this research is just so valuable. So thank you so much. Um, you will be hearing from us on a semi-regular basis when we update you on all the various projects that are going on um, at the college. And next time you read about a call for participation, you know who it's coming from. It's um, from the research team, Vic and Lisa Maria, who are looking forward to hearing from you. If you've got any thoughts or suggestions um, and project ideas, do just get in touch. If you have enjoyed today's episode and would like to access more research evidence for your classroom, you can join the Chartered College of Teaching for as little as $1.96 per month at www.chartered.college. And remember to download TeacherTap free from your app or Play Store to share your views, opinions and experiences from the classroom. Every voice makes the picture clearer.